This episode is brought to you by Greg Morris Cards, one of the largest sports card sellers on the planet. Greg sells over 80,000 vintage and modern cards every month, including basketball, football, baseball, hockey, all sports really. And the best part is anyone can take advantage of GMC's platform by signing up for consignment services. What are you waiting for? Head on over to gregmorriscards.com consignment and start moving your cards with Greg Morris today. What's up, everyone? This is episode 238 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, and my X account is at Wax Museum PC. So this weekend, I went to my first ever TCG convention in Tampa, Florida. And for those of you that aren't familiar with TCG, it stands for Trading Card Game. So we're talking Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm sure I'm leaving a lot out here, but that's really the extent of what I know. And that's not something I would normally consider going to. I really don't know a lot about it. But I have a co-worker that's getting into TCG, and I thought, you know what? He asked me to go. It might be fun to go. So the website for the event advertised that there would be sports cards there as well. And my experiences with buying sports cards from TCG sellers in the past have been pretty good. I found that in most cases, they aren't attached to their sports cards, just like I'm not attached to TCG stuff when I get that. Uh, It might be stuff they've had a long time. Sometimes you can get a pretty good deal. In fact, I think the last sports card I bought from a TCG dealer was a 1999-2000 Black Diamond Final Cut Parallel number to 100 of Kevin Garnett, and those are pretty tough to find. So anyway, this was at the state fairgrounds in the entertainment building, which wasn't as big as I thought it would be, but it was still a decent size. And we go in, I see a big CGC display or whatever that grading company is called now. So I think, you know what, this might be promising, right? There's something that's that's kind of card related that I know about. So, you know, it could be promising. I start looking at tables and nothing right? Not as far as sports cards go. Nothing in any of their showcases, nothing in the miscellaneous boxes on the side, nothing. And my friend later pointed out a a lone Kyle Kuzma auto at one of the tables on the first row, but that was it. And eventually I made my way to the back of the room and I found a table that had a decent amount of sports cards boxes to dig through. Unfortunately, it was 90% shiny stuff from, you know, 2019 to 2022 You guys that go to shows, you know the exact same boxes I'm talking about, right? It's that same horrible mix of sets that we're going to be seeing at shows for years to come now. Uh, It'll be like a bunch of 1990 hoops and then 2019 and on and rarely anything in between. I did find one more table that had some sports cards there and that was from the Mealy Pop shop and they set up at the National and they have their own shop in Gainesville so they do plenty of card stuff. I've seen them at sports card shows before. So it was interesting to see how they changed their setup depending on the event. And and in this case, the sports cards took up a small portion of the space as they should have because it wasn't a sports card show. So anyway, I still enjoyed this. 
and I walked away with some ideas I could possibly use when setting up at card shows in the future. I tried to ask a lot of questions when I was there because, you know, on occasion, I've ended up finding Pokemon cards or Magic cards in some of the lots I bought, and I I just feel clueless about them. So I figured, you know what, I'm here, I'm in the environment, let me learn about it. It's good to at least know a little bit about them. And all of that is to say, if a similar opportunity presents itself to you in the near future, you know what, it's it's at least worth considering. All right, well, I didn't find a lot of cards to dig through at this particular show. I do have some card hunting content planned out for you today. In today's main segment, I've got a list of 10 parallels that I look for when I'm digging through value boxes or even when I'm looking at lots online. And a lot of you have asked me what sorts of things I'm looking for. You know, it's not all of the rare monster parallels, although I, I do look for those and I do hope to find those. But for this instance, I chose 10 that I think you might realistically come across. Doesn't mean that they're necessarily worth a whole lot, but uh, should be a fun little segment. I'm excited to share those with you today. But first, I want to talk about some mail. And it was an interesting mail week. And the first piece I want to talk about is a 2012-2013 Elite Status Parallel, which in this case was the red one. Uh, And it was of David West, and it was number 21 out of 21. You've heard me talk about Status many times before. It is no secret that I'm a fan of the Parallel from the different releases it's been in, and then also the standalone sets of Status that were produced in 2017 and 2018, but not the 2019 version. I don't even think that was really a Status set. It's just... The, the set had become kind of popular after the fact, and I think they just labeled it that and, and called it a day. So anyway, I'm, I'm happy with all the iterations before that in 2017 and 2018, not 2019. However, whenever I grab one of these numbered to the jersey number, I try to get the last one of the print runs. So Malcolm Brogdon, it was 7 of 7. Miles Turner, it was 33 of 33, and so on. So when uh, Chatri, who's been on this show before, he posts under the handle Wade underscore Zoe. He saw this David West 21 out of 21 on eBay. He knows that those are the ones that I look for. And he sent me this list in right away. Uh, I ended up getting it for less than $7 shipped. And the odds of, of one this old still showing up with that jersey number, you know, it, it feels pretty unlikely to me. So if it wasn't for him sending that listing to me, I didn't have a save search. It's, it's kind of hard to have a specific save search for that. So if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have found that. So thank you once again. All right, the next card I want to talk about that I got in the mail is a 2014 Prism Gold of Pacers rookie, at least in 2014 he was, Damo Rudez. And, uh, you know, not a big household name here, only played a few years in the NBA, played with Orlando, played with Minnesota a little bit as well. But this is one I saw on someone's Instagram probably a month or two ago, and it was in a group picture with other 2014 gold, so it wasn't a, you know, a spotlight post. And at the time, this person said, or they indicated on their post that they were going for the set. And while I want to encourage set collecting and I want to root people on, when I see something like that, you know, I, I do reach out occasionally and say, hey, if you ever want to move that Rudez or if you ever, you know, come across another one, please consider reaching out to me. And a week or two ago, he did just that. And he gave me a real fair price and the rest is history. So, you know, I guess with these first two cards, if, if there were two ideas or two themes that I want to reinforce by telling these stories, it's that if you're chasing something, in some cases, it's okay to be to to you know let it be known. 
You know, yes, you might be held hostage in some instances. I'm sure we've all been there before, or we've all been afraid of that. But I've found that there are a lot of good people that are willing to watch out for you. In this case, you know, with the status, with the David West, it was Chaudhry. Um, and now keep in mind, you also have to look out for other people. That, that's a two-way street. Um, now, the other thing I want to reinforce, if you see something you're interested in, it's okay to inquire about it and just let someone know you're interested if they ever move it. Now, if someone posts a card with a long write-up talking about how it's their grail card and so on and so forth, I do think it's kind of in, in poor taste to say, hey, I'm, you know, congrats on getting your grail. If you ever move it, you know, reach out to me. I, you know, I, I kind of back off from doing that. I want to let people enjoy the moment of getting a grail. Um, but you know what? Otherwise, just let them know, and, and it could lead to you acquiring that card somewhere down the line. In this case, it was a lot sooner than I expected, so you just never know. It doesn't hurt to ask. Okay, next up, I've got a trio of autograph requests that came back in this week, all of them on 1969 Tops cards, so we're talking the taller cards, and um, a couple people I follow have been sending 1969 Tops cards out to players, and, and I really enjoyed seeing their returns, and I thought, you know what? I've got a bunch of these cards unsigned at the house. I didn't use to send them. I just, I wasn't a big fan of tall cards. I've, I've warmed up to them over the years. And then I also realized like, hey, these are really good for inscriptions just because there's so much space on that card. So I, I guess you could say I was influenced by those people and I decided to get in on the action. It only made sense. You know, I, I used to send a ton of requests out in the mail. So why don't I knock some of these out? So over the last, I don't know, two and a half weeks, I've sent 27 different requests out. I've been busy. And there's 99 cards in the set, and, and that even includes a checklist. Um, but those 27 that I sent out are pretty much all the guys that sign somewhat regularly. So now I figure it's time for those to start trickling in, and that's what happened. I got three of them. So first I got Wally Jones, then I got Joe Ellis, and I don't have a lot to say about those. I am happy to get them. But the coolest return from this week was from a former player named Jim King. And even though he signed a couple inscriptions on the card and, and the cards themselves look great, I like this return more so because of the note that he included. And just a little bit of backstory, with each request I've sent, I've included a short letter talking about how I'm working on the 1969 Tops set. Well, Jim responded, Kyle, check out the Tops 1968 set. Only the All-Stars were sold and there are only about 420 of them. I am one of them. Good luck, Jim. Now, I, and I'm not sure they were not necessarily sold, or and there's not necessarily 420 of them, but he does have some knowledge of the set, and I was impressed by that. And that set that he's referring to, of course, is the 1968 Tops Test Set that Adam and I talked about all the way back on episode 26, which would have been uh, sometime back in probably summer of uh, 2019. And I would even venture to say that Jim is probably the only player in the set that's even aware of the set today. It's not really a mainstream set. And you guys, you know, you can go listen to that episode if you want a refresher. My guess is that fellow collector and, and, and former guest of the show here, Tim Gallagher, might have clued him in on it because I know they've communicated a little bit. So I'll have to ask Tim the next time I catch up with him. Either way, I thought that was a fun return that was worth sharing with you guys this week. Okay, uh, the last card I received that I'm going to talk about was not fun. 
and it's already on its way back to the seller. So it's it's a mail day, but kind of a reverse mail day as well. Uh, and they might even have it in hand now. But it was a 2022-23 Chronicles Hoops Premium Gold Parallel of Benedict Matherin, numbered 7 out of 10. And you might remember the other version of this card or the other parallel that I talked about. That was the blue numbered to 99. So I've already added that one to my collection. I like my blues. I like my golds. So I was pretty excited about this one for a number of reasons. Number one, uh, you know, it's Benedict Matherin. Uh, and then also it, it features a Pacers heat game that I attended in December. So, you know, I like collecting cards of games that I've been to. And then also this was going to be my substitute for my prism and optic gold that I would normally go after for a Pacers rookie, but with Matherin, they're just going to be too expensive. So I decided, you know what, I need a substitute. I need something else instead. Uh, with this being a, the game that I attended, I, I thought, you know what, this it's a chromium card. This is the ideal card. It's got a game photo in the background. I like it. Uh, you know everything about this. And I still think it will be in the future. This will be the right substitute, provided I find a copy that isn't damaged, or at least one where the seller properly discloses the damage, and the ending price is adjusted accordingly. Right? I don't mind buying one with a little bit of damage for a significant discount. Uh, but that was not the case here. There was no discount on this card. This was sold by a consigner that has a good reputation in the hobby, so I'm not out to trash them necessarily. I don't think that they chose not to disclose this information on, on purpose, although this is the second time this has happened with me and them, which is pretty frustrating. Uh, but you know what? This is what happens when you photograph cards still in the top loader and still in the penny sleeve. Um, they're processing things at hundred miles per hour. They don't always pay close attention to the cards themselves, which, Hey, if you're selling to collectors, that would be nice, right? That would be appreciated. Uh, so they don't usually spot stuff unless it's super obvious. So I reached out to them. I showed them a picture of the damage I, and I asked them, Hey, was this somewhere in the listing that I didn't see? And they, they didn't even respond to that. Um, all they had to say was, please open a return and we'll send a full refund once the item has been received. There was no sorry. There was no offer of even a partial refund, which I might have accepted on this card because you know what? I really wanted this card. It was just send it back and get your money back, which you know what? Okay, yeah, they offered the return. That's their obligation, right? So I I'm not slamming them for that, but this puts me in a dilemma. And some of you, maybe you've been in this dilemma before, because it's not always about just buying the card. Sometimes it's about finding the card. And finding the card can be really tough here. There are only 10 copies of this card. And this is the third one I've seen for sale. I let the first two go. I try to let them go for higher prices and then hope that it kind of trickles down when it goes from there. Well, it took a long time for those three to surface. So I get this one and it's damaged. And I kind of wrestle with the idea of keeping it or not because I'm not sure if I'll ever see another copy again. And, and maybe that's FOMO. And I know people will say, well, in the modern era, card number to 10, you should see it. But it's like Steve and I were talking about last week. Um, you know, this stuff is not necessarily getting ripped like it normally would be. So it is hard to see very many copies. So anyway, um, I told the seller at first, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep it, but I'm not happy about it. And they didn't respond to that. And I, and then I said, you know what? I, I kind of thought about it again. And I did what I think a lot of people would do these days. And I headed to one of my Instagram group chats to complain. 
Uh, but this chat has a few guys that will straighten me out if I'm being unreasonable. So I kind of use it as an accountability piece as well. So one of those people is was Steve, um, S. Halley, Showley, who you heard on this show last week. And, um, you know, he's always a voice of reason for me. And his response was, I guarantee if you send it back six months from now, you won't care that you don't have the card. Well, I don't know if that's 100% the case. Because I, I, I think I will miss not owning it. Uh, or I will miss owning it is what I should say. But it's not a card that's going to end up on my top 50 list either, which I think once again shows the importance of that kind of exercise, right? That's why I make those kinds of lists because it helps you figure out what things you prioritize in your collection and why. So even though I really like that card, that Matherin's not going to crack the top 10 20, 30, 40, or even 50. So after about 15 minutes of weighing both sides, I reluctantly put in for the return. I think it's the right thing to do. It's just frustrating. So maybe maybe I'm just uh, venting to you guys as well. Maybe you can uh, sympathize, or if you've been there, you can even empathize with that situation. And now I just have to hope another copy shows up and I can snag it for uh, what I think is a reasonable price. All right, before I move into today's main segment, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you in part by ComC.com, your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 33 million cards, from basketball's biggest stars like LeBron James and Kevin Durant to Marvel favorites like Spider-Man, Thor, and Captain America. ComC has something for every type of collector. Visit ComC.com today to build your collection with your favorite cards. Additionally, some of you have asked me for ways you can help support this show. The easiest way is my eBay affiliate link, and using this link costs you absolutely nothing, just an extra 30 seconds or so of your time, but it helps support the show. To access this link, simply go to waxmuseumpodcast.com, click the eBay logo, shop as planned, so whatever you're going to buy anyway, just click my link first, and the show gets a small commission in the process. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. This is Josh, a.k.a. Mitten State Collector on Instagram. You are listening to the Wax Museum Podcast, the best podcast by someone with a secret pistons PC. Okay, today I want to share a list with you I made of 10 basketball parallels that I hunt for in lots and value boxes. Now that might be lots that I buy online on eBay. So you have to look carefully through the pictures and kind of be able to point out subtle differences, or it might be value boxes that I'm searching through at shows. So you have to know these little differences pretty quick. And and these are ones that a lot of dealers either don't want to take the time to look for, or they're not aware of them. So these little tricks here, I feel like they'll help you find some cards that might help you advance your collection in, in, in whatever way you're looking for. Uh, now, I will say, this is not necessarily a list of parallels that is going to make you a lot of money. So if if that's your goal, that's really not the only reason I'm putting this together, because in some cases, I'm just looking for parallels for you know team collectors or player collectors. They might be hard to find. It doesn't necessarily mean they're valuable. So you'll have to weigh whether or not, if you find one of these, if it's worth picking up, right? If it's a dime or a quarter box, probably everything on this list I would grab. If it's a dollar box, there are still some that I wouldn't. If it's a $5 box, you have to be very careful and so on and so on. So just keep that in mind. This is not a definitive list of if you find it, you should get it. These are just some things that I 
personally hunt for in boxes. Now, this first one though that I'm going to talk about, if I found one of these in a dollar box, I'm definitely grabbing it. A $5 box, I'm grabbing any player and then I would have to consider it from there on out. But it's 1996-97 Fleer Metal Precious Metals. Uh, I would say I, I would definitely even grab some of these if they're a little more expensive. You'll just have to look at comps. But everyone is probably familiar with that 96-97 Fleer Metal design where it's got, it looks like kind of steel on the right side and it's got the player's name going from bottom to top. And uh, it's got your Kobe rookies, your Iverson rookies and so forth. Now, on the regular base version of this card, on the left side of the card behind the player, there are not only is there that metal look, but there are different colors mixed in. Now, the precious metal version of this is all silver in that background. And if you see one in person, they should pop, especially if you're able to compare it to base cards from the same set. It's pretty obvious then, and, and you could say that for a lot of these parallels, but this one especially, once you see one, you're going to know for sure, and it'll be a lot easier to, to spot them in the future. So this is something that even if you're not looking in value boxes, if you see one of these in a display case at a show, pay close attention to it because then it'll give you an idea of what you might look for for some of the lesser players as well. Okay, another uh, little more subtle parallel from that year is the 1996-97 Skybox Premium Star Rubies. And this is the, the earlier iteration of them that, that definitely isn't as obvious as some of the numbered ones from later on. These are not numbered. In fact, you can see the, the regular version just has that regular foil on it that says Skybox Premium. It's like a, a rectangle that will be somewhere on that card. And then the player's name is in that same, uh, that same foil. Well, the parallel, it's Star Rubies, so it is a red foil parallel. And these aren't necessarily super valuable. It all just depends on the player. Like, for instance, I found some of these in a $5 box recently, and I left them because it just depends on the player. But I saw a Sean Kemp in there. I grabbed that. To me, I think that's a $30 or a $40 card. So it all just depends on where you're finding it and who it is. Uh, but these, these are still very collectible and desirable in certain sections of the hobby. Okay, next up, from the year after that, we have the 97-98 Opeachy parallel. And this is a parallel of the base 1997-98 top set. But these were only found in Canadian packs. And I believe they were one in every three Canadian packs. So um, they kind of spread out over the years. And yes, you can find them in the United States, but they are tricky and they are hard to find. So there are player collectors out there that are still looking for them. I would say if you find any of these in a, a dollar box, definitely grab them. Even a $5 box, there are certain players, I, uh, common players I would probably grab. And then, of course, it just goes from there. But the only major difference in the top left corner is you'll see on the regular version, there's the Tops logo. Well, on this parallel, it says Opeachy instead. So that's something to watch out for and something that you know, if you've got a big stack of 97, 98 tops, that's something that I'm looking for as I'm flipping through real quick. The next one is, is another thing that I'm looking for in another portion of the card. And that is the 97, 98 tops minted in Springfield parallel. And that one will have the regular tops logo on it, just like the base card, but somewhere on the bottom portion where the nameplate is, it's going to have that basketball hall of fame emblem on there. And I've heard different people talk about you know, are there different stamps of these? Is there a bronze version? Is there a gold version? And so forth. Uh, there's no proof of that necessarily. 
Although Jake Roy on his channel has talked about some of that stuff, but either way, even if it is just the regular minted in Springfield stamp, uh, I found a bunch of these in a dime box recently, which I thought was a great find. And um, they're not super valuable. I think the Penny Hardaway even that I found was worth five bucks, but uh, I do try and grab these if they're cheap. And it's a, a nice little parallel to grab if I'm able to. All right, let's move forward a couple of years here. The next parallel that I would look for, uh, the one I've got listed here is 1999-2000 Tops MVP promotion, but they actually ran these parallels for three different years. So it would be 1999, 2000, and 2001. And these look very similar, uh, almost identical to the base cards from that year, except they have a foil stamp on them and a pretty big one too that says Tops MVP Promotion. Now, don't confuse that with Tops Tip Off. I know people have, have done that before and it's pretty easy. I mean, it literally says Tops MVP Promotion. And then if there is any doubt, just flip the card over on the back because it'll be like a, a redemption form that you would have to fill out. Uh, these, if if you find them, well, the basketball ones now, if you find them in a dollar box, I would definitely grab them. Uh, I found an Allen Iverson recently. I think I paid $15 for it. But uh, some of those stars, people are catching on. Some of those stars can go for a pretty high amount. So um, they're hard to find. Player collectors are still looking for them. And um, I would just keep an eye out for those. So like I said, that's three years. That's 1999, 2000, and 2001 tops. All right, we're going to skip forward a few more years. And we've got an upper deck parallel here that I want to talk about. This is one of my favorite parallels, just because it's my favorite era of cards. And that's 2004, 2005 upper deck UD Immaculate. And it's kind of funny now that, that Panini has a brand called Immaculate. But uh, this was a very tough parallel from the 2000s, and it was only in this specific year here, 2004. So you've got the regular version of the card, which doesn't have any special markings on it. And the only thing that differentiates the parallel from the regular version is just right above that nameplate where, where it has a player's name and the, the city and the team, it will say UD Immaculate. And it's like a, a silver foil. It's not huge. It's kind of in the middle of the card. So if you're flipping through cards really quick, you can't just see it on the edge. You have to look through them very carefully. There's not a definitive print run on these. I've heard people say definitely lower than 25. I've heard people say probably lower than 10. I know I, I personally have three run our tests, so they are out there. Um, they all three came up from the same seller, though. So somebody probably spent a lot of time looking for those. And that's another one that, hey, the player collectors, if they know they're out there and, and you know, they're hunting for those most likely. Can't tell you how rare they are. I'm not sure, but uh, they don't come around too often. All right, we're going to skip forward quite a few years here, and we're going to go to 2012. Another one of my favorite years in the hobbies, a lot of, a lot of new releases there. And this one is 2012-2013 Panini Brilliance. It's the Starburst Parallel. So these cards in general um, had a kind of a, a silver uh, foil finish on the bottom. And then the top portion of the card, the top half was the player's picture. The only big difference here is, you know, it's called Starburst and it's like, um, they're kind of etched lines that look like almost like sun sunshine rays, or, you know, I guess it's called a starburst. So a starburst is what you could say. And a lot of people miss out on these. I know I grabbed a Jimmy Butler rookie at one point, the starburst parallel for $2. I think I moved it on comp C for 20 or 30. If you're finding just common players, 
they're really not worth anything. So you have to be very careful here, but there might be some people looking for these. They still seem a little bit more common than some of the other parallels that I've talked about on this video so far. Okay, next up, we've got 2012-2013 Panini, the retail Silver Knight. So this was when back when there was a just a regular low-end set called Panini, kind of like what Topps used to do. Panini was trying to do their version of it. And uh, the difference here lies in the design at the bottom of the card, which is great because if you're looking through a stack of these, you can kind of differentiate between them pretty quick. So um, both versions, the regular and the Silver Knight Parallel, will have uh, silver foil on them. So you can't just go by the foil. You have to look in the middle in between the foil pieces that say 2012 and 2013. If it just says Panini in big block letters, then it's the regular version. If it says Panini in block letters, but it also has that knight with the, the long lance um, that's kind of surrounding that word, then that's your parallel. And your gold knight will have that as well, but the gold knight will have the gold foil. So you just want to look for that difference in the middle. So if I'm flipping through a stack real quick, I just look at the bottom middle of the cards and then I go from there. Okay, very similar to that is the, the same product, but the next year. We had 2013-2014 Panini Red Knights, and this was another retail-only parallel. And um, this one, the um, the foil is different, and the middle bottom middle of the card is different. So it is, uh, as you would imagine, the regular version has that silver foil. The Red Knights version has, guess what, that red foil. So um, you can see that where it has the numbers 13 and the numbers 14. But it also has that uh, Panini Knight with the Lance that I talked about on the previous iteration. And I these red ones are way more rare than the silver ones that I talked about from the year before. Uh, like I said, it was a retail only. Probably a lot of them, I don't know, they got thrown away. 2013 was just a rough year for cards. And uh, you'll see the, the big name players come up. So I feel like I see the Giannis and the LeBron. Those hit auction, especially during the boom, quite a bit. But some of the lesser players... I cannot find those. And I found a Gerald Wallace in a lot uh, sometime in the last year or two. So that was a pretty exciting find for me. And I know some people, they saw that in the video and they saw my level of excitement and they're like, really, you know, it's just Gerald Wallace. But to me, to be able to find one of those in the wild was was pretty exciting because I just don't see those. I, I don't think I've ever found a Red Knight uh, in a box at a show. I've seen the big names in the display cases, but definitely not in a box. So to get one in a lot or to find one in a in a box is pretty exciting for me. And, and that's really another reason that I'm looking for these parallels is because a lot of this is about the hunt for me. Okay, final one on the list here is another one from 2013. And that is the NBA Hoops Artist Proof. And you're probably looking at that thinking, you know, that doesn't seem like it's that rare of a card. And uh, the truth of the matter is the reason I put this on here is a lot of the player collectors um, are still looking for their players. And it's funny when they eventually do show up, they'll win them for like three or $4 or five or six bucks, you know, not a lot of money. It, it's not that they're worth a lot. It's just a matter of tracking them down. So if I ever see any of the 2013, especially not necessarily the other years, but the 2013, for whatever reason, those seemed pretty tough to find. If I ever see those in boxes, especially dollar boxes, quarter boxes, whatever, I will grab those in the off chance that a player collector is looking for one of those. Okay, so there you have it. That was 1996 to 2013. 
Those are some of the parallels that I'm looking for when I'm digging. And I'm curious if you guys do want a part two of this segment at some point, uh, 2014 to 2022, which parallels are you looking for? Let me know, drop me a message, leave me a comment. As usual, you can find me on Instagram under at Wax Museum Podcast or X under the handle at Wax Museum PC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Hit up the website for my affiliate links. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. Podcast.